Welcome to Sozo Church 21 Days of Prayer devotional podcast. During these 21 days, we will be praying together as a community of faith for specific topics each day, led by a member of our team. Now let's listen to today's message. Hey there. Welcome to Sozo Church's 21 Days of Fasting and Prayer podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to listen in today from wherever you may be. My name is Tyler. I serve at Sozo Church on our dream team. And I'm really excited to talk with you today, especially as we near the end of this fast and this season of prayer. You know, often when I begin a fast, I try to identify a single thing in my life that I want to see change, I want to see transformed. So I think it's fitting to talk about the situation that we can all go through sometimes where there is something in our life that we don't like, that we're trying to overcome, that we want to see transformed, that we want to see made new. And I bet right now a lot of you are thinking about something very specific, and that's good. Keep that in your mind. Uh, Today, I want to try and answer the questions surrounding how do I fight this battle? How do I overcome this thing in my life? You know, fasting can often lead to breakthrough or freedom or answers. And so I hope after listening to this today, you're not only encouraged, but you walk away with some really practical, biblically-backed advice and how you can find yourself overcoming and achieving all that you're praying for in this season, all that you're hoping for. Uh, That's my goal for you today. As I said, there may be listeners from all over. Maybe not. We'll see. But uh, if you are local and you're from San Francisco or the Bay Area, you've experienced some much-needed rain, and, and I've been loving it. Rain makes me want to watch movies, And I love movies, so it's a win. Uh, Recently, I was watching one of my favorite movies. It's called Interstellar. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. Not sure if I'm allowed to promote that, but I am. Um, One of my favorite movies of all time. But there is this scene that's very stressful to me when I watch it. Basically, the main character, his name is Cooper. He's fighting and wrestling with uh, this other astronaut. His name is Man. And they're both in spacesuits. They're both on another planet. And suddenly, uh, man, he starts using his own helmet to attack Cooper. He starts banging against Cooper's own helmet, trying to break it. Cooper starts screaming and yelling, and he's like, you're crazy. Uh, You have a 50% chance of breaking your own helmet. And they keep on, and at the end, one of their helmets breaks. I will let you go watch it for yourself. But it stresses me out. Uh, I can't imagine making a decision like that with those odds without any sort of reinforcement. I remember thinking I would have no way to control the situation. I couldn't ensure I wouldn't get hurt. And I think most of us would agree trying to attack anything or go against something or someone with those kind of odds without a guarantee of strength or without reinforcement, it wouldn't be a go-to move. However, I will put this out there and maybe you've guessed there's an analogy here, yes. Uh, I think as people... We actually make these kind of decisions all the time, all of us. Think about it. How often do we try to throw ourselves at our sin, at our temptation, at our struggles, at our enemy without any sort of reinforcement or strength more than that which we already have as humans? We try to take our struggles and our issues and fight them head on. But logically, this isn't even the type of situation we typically try to make. Uh, When you walk into a job interview, 
you prepare yourself. You enter into a debate and you do thorough research. You wouldn't leave your apartment for Sunday morning brunch without a reservation because those lines are crazy. I believe that God wants to equip us and wants to shelter us in such a way that we actually attack those situations. We face our issues, our problems with such strength and with such success that it would almost seem unfair how easily we navigated the situation, how strong we've become through God's provision. We have this opportunity to put on this helmet made of safety glass. And I promise that's the end of the analogy there. But we have this opportunity to face our problems, to overcome our situations with someone who's so much stronger than we can ever be. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4. Paul is talking about the way in which he evangelizes and uh, kind of the way he attacks the issue of disbelief in the world at the time. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Now, what do you think a mighty weapon is? On 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 reads, All scripture, so the word of God, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Can I make a quick request? If this is not something that you've already applied to your daily life or your daily schedule, I urge you to fit some amount of the Word of God into your daily life. And I know it can be hard. It's hard for me, and, and I think this can often get pushed on people harshly at times. But in the simplest of terms, the Word of God can be life in those areas of your life that are dying, and it can be joy for those tough areas in your life that are lacking joy. Now, that's all I'm going to say. I just urge you to find some time. Now, as I was thinking about the concept of going into this daily battle of life, equipped and strengthened and and all of those things, I was reminded of a peculiar story from Exodus. I may just be vibing with Exodus lately, but I mentioned a story in my last podcast about Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt, and this story picks up right after they escape from Egypt, where a people called the Amalekites actually end up attacking the Israelites. In Exodus 17, verse 8, we see that the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. You know, a lot of people reference this story and the concept of surrounding yourself with good, supportive people, and those are good things. But here I'm focusing on the idea that without, let's say, putting our God foot first, 
uh, without the presence and the strength of God spearheading our battles, we can't effectively fight our own battles. I'm curious if any of you do this, but when I read the Bible, I read it in such a way that I see people acting in such glorious confidence. You know, I see Moses standing on this hill with this mighty staff in his hand, with his white hair flowing in the wind, with the full cast of Narnia charging ahead of him. In reality, as a normal and flawed human, I imagine that he was utterly terrified of what was going on. He had promised his entire people that God would show up, telling them that all he had to do was keep his hands in the air and everything would be fine, which also sounds like something a DJ might tell a crowd of people. I don't know. That's just my brain. This brings us, though, to the second part of kind of what I'm trying to get at here, my second piece of advice, not only being reinforced and strengthened by God before we fight these battles in our life. However, I think that we hear about these mighty feats that Moses accomplished, or at least these mighty uh, expressions of faith that led to incredible miracles from God. He led his enslaved nation out to freedom. He brought them to an ocean, and the ocean was parted in front of them. But what's odd is that we see throughout the story and throughout the book of Exodus that Moses and his people constantly struggled with the idea of faith. At times, they would get so comfortable that, you know, God had done all these incredible things. He's provided for us. We've expressed our faith. And they would find themselves unable to overcome their current battles and their current issues because faith became dormant in their life. I want you to hear this. Historical faith does not replace today's desperate need for new, fresh faith. Historical faith does not replace today's need for faith. We can often use the successes and the triumphs of our past to fuel the triumphs that we're hoping for. But faith is something that is required every day and in every battle. Fueling a car is not a one-time thing, and facing a trial requires continued faith and continued prayer and a constant need for God to move in your life. Now the good news, the good news is that God truly wants all of these things for you. He is not a God who needs convincing. He's not a God who requires ceremony or ritual to get his attention. God is the God who sent his son to die for us so that we could even have this access to his power and his strength. I want you to know that God loves you. He wants to do miraculous things in your life. And we can put forth a little bit of faith and equip ourselves with his strength and his power. And honestly, I'm really excited to see not just for our church, but for people all over the world, what God does in this year, not just as we come out of the season of prayer and fasting, but just through this year, I'm expectant and hopeful. And I want to take a quick moment and pray for you. God, I thank you for every single person that's listening right now. You know their issues, you know their situations, you know their problems, you know their needs better than anyone. And God, I pray that right now, wherever they are, you would encounter them. You would fill them with hope and with joy, knowing that you're there. And God, I I hope that you would just allow them to experience faith, encourage them and give them the tools that they need to express faith in their daily life. Encourage them and give them tools that they need in order to uh, dive into the word of God. I pray that you would find them where they are and that they would come out of this season 
with strength, with triumph, with success. And I'm so thankful for all the things that you're going to do in our lives, God. We love you so much. We thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sozo Church 21 Days of Prayer devotional podcast. We hope today's message inspires you in your prayer life. Join us again tomorrow on the podcast for another encouraging message from a member of our team. Sozo Church gathers every Sunday morning in San Francisco, and we'd love for you to join us. For service times, location, and other info, visit our website at sozo.co or follow along on social media at sozochurchsf.com.